Welcome everyone. Welcome to the Matter of the Heart, where we bring you heartfelt, educational, and positive stories, all to elevate your spirit. I'm your host, Carol Olivia, and always thank you so much for taking your time out to listen to the Matter of the Heart. Uh, the topic is anxiety and um, and how to really uh, to navigate it. I guess once we navigate it, then Certainly our emotions become much more gentle and calmer, much more peaceful. Um, and it's a, a powerful emotion because a lot of times it stops people in their tracks and uh, they seek medication. Um, the, uh, the guest is Connie. Connie Habashi is a psychotherapist. She is a yoga and meditation instructor. She's an interfaith minister, and she's the author of Awakening from Anxiety. We welcome you to the show, Connie. Thank you so much, Carol. I'm really delighted to be here with you and your listeners. Thank you. Um, well, first of all, um, we, all, we certainly have all witnessed or uh, had anxiety. If you could just give us a little thoughts uh, on anxiety from you, Connie. Well, some people wonder what really is anxiety and do I have it? Mm -hmm. um, anxiety, I think of it as a low level, um, somewhat low level of fear that's fairly constant. Uh, worry, uh, stress, overwhelm, all of those can be signs that you may be having anxiety. If, you know, every once in a while we have some fear or worry that comes and then it goes, that's very normal. And Anxiety is also a very common human emotion, but those worries and fears and uh, stressors become anxiety when they're more prevalent through our day and they're affecting our functioning in our day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. So it's affecting us, uh, almost debilitating us somewhat. Um, Absolutely. And you're I mean, saying the cause, uh, Connie, is fear sometimes and is it sometimes the unknown of an expectation? Absolutely. So really the cause in my experience is thinking that usually anxiety is triggered by thoughts and those thoughts are typically not based in the present moment. They're based either in past experiences that we're afraid might happen again mm -hmm. or anticipated future experiences that our imagination kind of runs away with. Um, and I also talk in the book about the difference between really feeling the emotion of anxiety and thinking it. So most of the time we're, we're not actually feeling what it's like to experience anxiety. We may believe we are because maybe our breath is short or our heart is racing, but we're primarily focused on the thoughts that are driving it. So I often like to shift people out of thinking into a visceral present moment experience. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm curious, now, how, do you, how do you shift the energy? Well, the first key in my book, oh, and by the way, I wanna go back to actually the word you used, navigate, navigating anxiety. I really like that word because uh, I think of all of our emotions and all of our experiences is really a journey, a journey through life. And navigation helps us to see where we're going and to stay on track. And interestingly, I have found that anxiety 
and and just about any other motion emotion actually but anxiety has a gift to give us mm -hmm. and a, a message and it can actually awaken us it's part of why i called the book awakening from anxiety it's not just to come out of anxiety but also that anxiety can navigate our way through to a deeper spiritual awakening so i actually wanted to thank you for using that word because i really like it mm -hmm. um, and uh, you were uh, asked i'm yeah. sorry well when i use the word also when i think of the word navigate it i think that um to, at that time when we use the word navigate we're aware of it I mean, sometimes we might not be fully aware of it. You know, uh, a lot of times we're not fully aware of an emotion until it becomes intense. So I think when we say we're going to navigate it, that means there's more of an intention to do something about it and to clear, you know, to clear our system. I love that. And I do think that navigate is a more intentional word. Mm -hmm. So back to your question about how do I help people mm -hmm. you know shift out of the anxiety or out of the thinking right. and that's the first key in my book i have seven keys in the book and the first key and the most foundational which i've already alluded to a little bit is called presence it is similar to a mindfulness practice of really bringing ourselves into this present moment right here as it is so as it is means not telling a story about the present moment, not painting it a certain way, just being right here, particularly with our senses, because our senses, when we're, when we're in tune and connected to our senses, they will really palpably bring us right here, right now to what is happening, like my heart beating in my chest right now, rather than telling a story about what that means. Like, oh my God, my heart's beating and it's beating so fast and it's beating so intensely. And that means that it's it's not good. It's it's beating too fast. It's, you know, that's the stories that our monkey mind, as the Buddhists call it, tell about what we're experiencing. Instead, like, okay, I'm noticing my heart now beating right now in my chest. And right. I'm aware of the warmth of the jacket that I have mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. And I can see, you know, right now my shades are closed. The sun is starting to set. Mm -hmm. um, all of those things really bringing myself right here to this present moment is mm -hmm. the first thing to help shift us out of that spiral that, that drives yeah. our anxiety. Yeah, but many times uh, somebody might not want to be in that present moment. So I'm thinking, I think we have to heal before we even get to that time, to get to that present moment. Uh, I've had many guests on, they talk about that, you know, the now, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, it's not so easy. First, we have to heal something to get into that present moment um, with our own self-empowerment. We might have a lot of toxic stuff. Everybody's got something. So how do you prepare that person, Miss Connie, to get into that present moment? That's actually a really good question. So safety is really important. Making is safe space to be able to feel whatever you feel, to be able to be however you are, to not be judged. A lot of people are very uh, self-critical. Mm -hmm. um, so to know that this is a place where whatever comes up is not going to be judged or criticized. Um, it takes a while. I think, you know, you make an interesting point there that sometimes in the beginning people don't realize that the present moment is actually a safe place to be mm -hmm. um and so helping 
you know, this is something I would do more one-on-one with a person is helping them to just be here right with me. And that right here, right now, as we're being together, it's okay. And when we can check in and look at the present moment uh, realistically, mm-hmm. almost always it's okay. I mean, of course we can think of exceptions, right? But um, I actually give an example in my book. I have um, over the last 16 years, I know because it was since my daughter was born, mm-hmm. um, I've had a fear of flying. And I've been, I've worked on it for many years and it's not um, particularly strong for me these days. Of course, I haven't flown since COVID started, but um, I I worked on it a number of years. And one of the things I worked with was being present when it was happening for me. And sitting on the plane, we hit some turbulence and that's when I get anxious. That's when mm-hmm. the anxiety starts to go through the roof. And I decided, you know what? Rather than wish this wasn't happening and wish that it will stop happening soon mm-hmm. and wish that I could just not be here and all the things that you know you think when you're in that anxious moment, I decided to practice a yogic, yogic principle called surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the seventh step. So we're actually jumping from the first step to the seventh key. So um, there's a little bit in between that needs to be done. But what I did was I decided I'm going to allow myself to become to sort of imagine that I was merging with the turbulence that I was not separate from it, but I was actually the wind rolling, you know, that the plane was rolling over and, and really feeling a connection to it. And what was amazing to me is it didn't last a real long time, but I would say for about a minute, mm-hmm. maybe two, I felt really peaceful and, and really just, accepting mm-hmm. and, and surrendering all of my internal conflict about it, all of my internal resistance about it, all of my internal belief that this is scary. I let all of that go and just let myself be with it. Um, so when we check in with, and, and I've discovered, which I have, I've been on a plane many times in turbulence ever since I've, I've got this fear f- flying, is that it's it's really okay and it's really just my mind that drives all of the physical symptoms because I believe that it isn't. Because you believed it isn't. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, also with the um, the concept of anxiety when when it's uh, affecting a person such as myself, I well, I take valerian. I think it's great. But but besides that, um, is to deal with it, you know. I, I mean, I, you know, I think you have to deal with it. What, what is causing it? You have to do be your own best therapist. You know, what's triggering it? You know, absolutely right. You know, you have to deal with it as much as possible. Once you deal with it, then you can do it. Plus, I think faith can come into play. You know, because if you're dealing with it, you're also saying, you know, maybe this was going to happen. Whatever you want to say, but believe that. Um, it happened for every season has a reason. It happened for a reason, and that's surmounted with faith. I absolutely agree. I think that faith and trust are essential, uh, whatever a person believes. But I've always said that even 
atheists can be spiritual. Mm -hmm. And um, the reason I say that is that we all have something that we trust in, whether it's that the sun will rise the next day or mm -hmm. we'll have another day or that there's air to breathe. Um, or, you know, atheists also believe in higher principles, maybe like um, truth or honesty or um, compassion. Um, so finding something to trust in, mm -hmm. I think is essential that that will carry us through a lot of difficulty in life, not just anxiety. Mm -hmm. A good friend helps too, because yes. if you're anxious about something, it's always good. You don't want to repress it because it can go into maybe the kidney or the or the liver, but you want to speak to a good friend, you have to walk through it, you know, or talk yes. through it, you know, and then come to your own best conclusion how to deal with because anxiety is always going to pop up. I mean, it's not going to just go away. We're all in right. of anxiety, right? Well, that's one of the things that I say in the book is that I, I do not tell people, okay, this is going to make your anxiety go away because it's like I said, it's a natural human emotion under under different you know challenging times in our lives sometimes we're going to have anxiety come up and to me it's much more empowering rather than trying to make it go away and then i do for a while mm -hmm. and then and then it comes back and i think oh my god i guess i didn't really do it right or i, I did something wrong or or i i guess i i, I must have deceived myself to think that i've you know licked this but it's not any of that it's that to me it's more empowering to say hey I know exactly how to respond to my anxiety now. I know exactly what I can do mm -hmm. to be present with it and allow it to move through me. I talk about it rolling through like waves of water mm -hmm. flows through um, and I know how to learn from it. Um, and so interestingly, you bring up that some people are uncomfortable or don't know how to be present or wouldn't want to start with presence. But in my experience actually, I think a lot of people are less comfortable dealing with the why of the anxiety or how did it happen. Mm -hmm. And I actually move them through presence mm -hmm. and embodiment and self-compassion before we get to what's, what is the actual trigger here? What is the message that it's trying to bring? What is it trying to bring your attention to? And what kind of action can mm -hmm. you take that's going to be healing and empowering from that? Mm. I like the, what you said, self-compassion, because if we have self-compassion, we might question, well, what am I doing to my body here? You know, what is it doing to my neurological system, my, my muscular system, you know, to my mind, uh, and certainly to my heart and my spirit. So when we get more into, well, what are we doing? How is it affecting us? I think that could help tremendously. Absolutely. Self-compassion is a really important component. It's my third key. And you know, we are so, especially as spiritual people, Carol, you can probably understand, I think we're really hard on ourselves. I think we hold ourselves to extremely high standard and um, maybe even a perfectionistic standard, which I talk about in the book. And really, um, and uh, we also worry about, for example, the law of attraction. You know, if I have the wrong thoughts, then mm -hmm. I'm going to make myself anxious. And then we judge ourselves if we're having those kind of thoughts. Um, I like to just stop people and go, hey, you know what? You're human and, and you're having these thoughts right now. And it doesn't mean that it's going to ruin your life. But you can just stop and have some compassion for yourself for 
the thoughts that are driving the anxiety and like mm-hmm. you said for the sensations and for how it's affecting you physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually right yes i could see that it's one word with a lot of depth yes you know as far as healing goes um it's not easy and and i would think and you can certainly give me your insight sometimes there's major trigger points from uh, our childhood you know that uh, some type of experience that we had in our childhood so not, not the same one that would happen later but the experience of it the emotion that came out of it could create um, a, you know going to that trigger point later on absolutely i find that's really common with my clients that come to me mm-hmm. for anxiety is that the present moment trigger like whether it's you know this year we've had covid and we've had protests and we've had fires and you know all kinds of things uh but um it's you know that present moment trigger is usually hooking back into something from our past mm-hmm. that um now is the opportunity to heal that is the opportunity to heal something deep within us that um we've been burdened with maybe even all of our lives um so i look at these emotions as an opportunity like oh here here you are anxiety mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. wow what are you what are you revealing to me what are you bringing up for healing what are you bringing up for transformation and um that i can maybe peel away another layer of the onion that gets in between me and being my highest divine self mhm uh i'm curious are there any more I hate to use the word popular, but you know, more frequent emotions that you're working with with people from trigger points. Um, well, anxiety, depression, depression. stress, overwhelm, um, uh, anger. I work a lot with uh, anger. Mm-hmm. You know, anger gets a bad rap in the spiritual community, mm-hmm. and I really encourage people to in a mindful appropriate way not in volcanic explosions but inviting in the anger to sit with kind of in a meditation and see okay what what you know in the same way i'm talking about with anxiety what are you bringing to me what are you bringing mm-hmm. to my awareness and anger often is indicating that we're not feeling safe and that um a boundary has been violated and that we need to take some sort of action mm-hmm. to change or transform that yeah and security um, I think anxiety would go with depression, right? Don't they work hand in hand? They can, but not necessarily. Some people okay. have anxiety and they don't feel depressed. They're just feeling mm-hmm. fearful. But some people have both of them or some people have a depression that that is a very um, anxious kind of depression. Right. So, you know, you get all different flavors. I see. Okay. Um, so how does one, uh, do you use any herbs? You know, I do not because that's not it's not that I don't know a little about about for example valerian um I I take magnesium a certain kind of magnesium that's helpful but since I'm not really trained in that it's not something that I feel comfortable recommending um but that I do highly encourage people to do holistic approaches so you know a lot of people come to me and they go well do you think I should t- go to my doctor and get a medication mm-hmm. and I'm like you know if that's something that you feel you need to do I will support that but I would like for you I would invite you mm-hmm. to consider all the other natural ways that we can uh, work with this before you go to that um to that kind of choice. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, because there are 
you know, Chinese herbs and acupuncture and Western herbs and supplements and uh, homeopathy and all kinds of things that can be helpful for anxiety. In addition to, of course, the inner work that I do in my practice and I talk about in my book. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay, so you're approaching it naturally. Um, I'm picking up from you then more through words, um, <coughs> talking about it. Well, no, actually, my work is more visceral. I, I work with people more in their embodiment. So that's actually my second key is feeling it through the body. Mm -hmm. And th so through the sensations, through the breath, like the different emotions will affect the breath differently. And so we explore the inhalation or the exhalation or the retention mm -hmm. at the top or the bottom of the breath or, you know, how deep or how smooth or choppy, et cetera. Um, and then those things lead us to, you know, uh, things to talk about, uh, okay. things that come up in words or images. I and mean, we might work with it in mm -hmm. artwork as well or through movement. Um, mm -hmm. since I'm also a yoga teacher. I might have some people do a yoga pose or they might feel that their body wants to move in a certain way. And then that creates a shift or that brings up more clarity about what's going on. So I, I'm very holistic in how I approach things. Mm -hmm. And then what about journaling? Oh, absolutely. I love journaling and I recommend it for my clients. And I sometimes give them, I don't like to call it assignments or homework, but just um, suggestions to mm -hmm. explore through their journaling. But I think that's a really helpful mm -hmm. medium to kind of um, keep track of what's happening, to record insights into gain insights. I, I, teach people how to journal with their intuition or their higher knowing or a guide so that they can receive answers mm -hmm. um, from some inner part of their self and um, have a dialogue with that. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. And visualization, is there any visualization? Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, I, I will often guide people through visualizations mm -hmm. to a safe place within. Certainly, I do a lot of work with uh, what's called subpersonalities. So um, different parts of the self, which a lot of people have heard, for example, of the inner child. Well, there's like more than one inner child. Like there's, there's an inner infant and there's an inner two-year-old and there's mm -hmm. inner eight-year-olds and 12-year-olds and on and on. I mean, you can have many different aspects of yourself show up, usually related to what you were talking about earlier, Carol, like a trigger or a trauma um, that want to be worked with and integrated and um, and healed. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. Um, uh, what do doctors, the medical profession, I forgot, what is it, Valium? Is that... Uh... Valium might be um, Ativan. I mean, there's different uh, uh, medications that can be used for anxiety. Right. Okay. No, that, I'm just talking about the mainstream now, because uh, in the alternative, I do find valerian is very, is wonderful theory. Oh, valerian. You're talking about the uh, herb. Valerian. The alternative. Yeah. No, yeah. but I, the mainstream right. you just said is Valium or whatever else you said. Yeah. Okay. Ativan. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not. You know, I, that's. I, I don't prescribe. I can't prescribe. It's right. not a license to do that, and I don't. I don't focus on that. It's not my area right, of expertise. Right. That, anyway. I can understand. Of course, why not? Then people get hooked on medication. Big business. It, um, yeah, it'd be. we could go off on that topic. Right. But I, I won't. <laughs> um, so now, uh, what I find interesting when Dr. Bernie Siegel we talk about art therapy. You know, he could tell from his patients what if they're going to have a surgery. He could tell from their art. 
you know, what their emotions feel like. Can you tell from somebody's physical, if it's a physical exercising, you know, exercise or something, uh, what they're going through using your intuition? Well, certainly I can observe body language, but, you know, actually nowadays with COVID mm -hmm. and doing things online, that's a little harder. But what I would say more importantly mm -hmm. is that I can guide clients to understand their own body, understand the messages they're getting from their body, whether it's through sensation or movement or a, a spontaneous pose that they might want to strike that they, I really trust in the, the person's inner knowing. Mm -hmm. So I'm more interested in guiding them to that awareness rather than me interpreting. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. So the person's inner knowing, because I think the best therapist is the the person themselves. Absolutely. You're, okay. you're an expert on you. So I'm just here. I, yeah. I've always thought of myself. Have you ever seen, um, you know, in a, in a tarot deck, the hermit card? He's yeah. like an old man carrying a lantern. I always think of myself as I'm the person holding the lantern mm -hmm. for you to see your own self more clearly. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I'm, I'm just holding up the light. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Because some people can get hooked on, uh, you know, on other people. Uh, to, uh, to to quote us to uh, to walk them through something, I mean you're initiating it, but um, if it's uh, too long, so some people can go to therapists for years, you know, then they're losing their power, they lose their self empowerment. Yeah, I think that can happen, and that's you know my book is really designed to help people hmm. make the journey themselves, and if they want extra help in that journey, then they can reach out to me. But um, I I really like empowering people. Mm -hmm. on their own journey. Mm -hmm. No, that's beautiful. Um, are there any exercises that you use, uh, Miss Connie, for self-empowerment? Wow. Well, a lot of, um, I use a lot of different exercises and mm -hmm. some of them are just spontaneously come to me in oh. the moment. But, um, you know, there's one in the book that um, I talk about that's from it's from Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. uh, my daughter is a big Harry Potter fan, and she's got me into it as well. Mm -hmm. And um, are, are you familiar with uh, the books or the movies? Not too much. Okay. I'm going to pass. Yeah. Well, it, you know, I haven't read the books. My daughter's read them multiple times. But um, in the movie, there's mm -hmm. something called a Patronus. And it's, a, it's kind of like a protector from negative energies that want to suck the life out of you. It's... Mm -hmm. it's you're protecting you from the dementors, okay? And so, um, so Harry or another character in the movie would cast a spell to bring their Patronus to protect them. And so I thought, wow, well, why don't we have a Patronus ex exercise where you can imagine calling forth, um, you know, the, the Latin words are expecto Patronum. And you can say that and imagine calling forth your protector from all of those thoughts that send you down the path to anxiety. And it's not, you know, it's not like, a, it's not going to make it all go away or fix it, but it can be a little fun and empowering thing to do in the moment when you feel like everything's too much and you just can't do the inner work around the anxiety, then call that Patronus and feel like it's mm -hmm. clearing that out and surrounding you with a protective light so that you can get a little break and then a little leg up on dealing with the anxiety. So that's just an example of uh, right. no, an that's exercise. What you say, yeah. Well, you can also have maybe I maybe humor helps as well. 
Oh gosh, humor helps so much. I mean, yeah. I I use humor with my clients a lot, yeah. um, according to you know what resonates for them, of course. Right. But I think that's one of the things that will shift us out yeah. of um, of being in a place of anxiety. But you know, another exercise, and it's probably my number one exercise that I do for myself all the time, and I recommend to my clients is spending time outdoors in what is called sit spot. Mm -hmm. This is something that I learned from a man named John Young. Mm -hmm. He teaches deep nature connection. Mm -hmm. And um, it's very simple in concept. You sit outside, you pick a place outdoors. So mm -hmm. whether, you know, I mean, some people unfortunately don't have a lot of access to outdoors. So maybe it's by their window, they can look up at the sky, but maybe you could go to a park or if you're fortunate to have a front yard or a backyard or somewhere where you can hike and you sit down mm -hmm. and you're just present there for about 15 minutes. If you can't do it that long, you do it for as long as you can. And simply noticing through your senses, what do I see, mm -hmm. what do I hear, what do I feel, smell, etc. Really immersing in that and really connecting to the trees or the sound of the birds or the cloud in the sky. And that really can help shift people back into the present moment and out of the spin of anxiety and it's something i do i honestly do it every morning i don't always do it for full 15 minutes but i go outside and, and the first few minutes of my day after i've had my hot water with lemon mm -hmm. is i go outside and um and spend a few minutes out there just being present with the day and everything oh, that's incredible well mother nature's healing absolutely you're, you're picking up the spirit of nature do you do you, you like to it. do you have something you like to do outdoors carol or well, I like nature. I love walking because I feel, you know, when I walk where I am, there's grass and there's soil. Mm -hmm. And I love to feel the energy of Mother Nature mm -hmm. because of the spirit of it. Um, I, I think walking is a beautiful uh, exercise. Absolutely. The way your body is moving, you know, and then your eyes are always focusing on different, you know, pick a night. I would say pick a walk that you like to go on. You know, not just any walk. You know, just, uh, I know that few, I think yesterday I went on a walk that I didn't think of going on. But, you know, I liked it. I saw other people bicycle riding, walking, and I saw so much nature. So but pick a walk that you like to go on. <laughs> I agree. Uh, a, a walk that brings me joy where I can, um, you know, look at the, the flowers or the trees or the snow or hear, you know, recognize a bird in the tree. Um, I love going on walks. I love whether it's out on a hike or just around my neighborhood. I feel blessed to be able to do that here. Um, but, you know, some people that maybe they can't get out and walk a whole lot or you know, maybe they're in a city or whatever. Um, something that's really helpful is walking meditation. Mm -hmm. now, I love doing it outdoors on the grass, like you said, but you can certainly do it in an apartment or in a house where you you do it barefoot preferably right. and you walk super micro slow mm -hmm. and you feel the contact of your heel and then rolling through your arch onto the ball of the foot and then the toes as you're shifting your weight slowly forward and then your back heel is starting to lift up and just really feeling it and feeling your balance in your body mm -hmm and the sensation of the carpet or the hardwood floor or the linoleum underneath you. It's really 
calming and meditative and can bring you back into the present moment. And it's also a great, excuse me, substitute for if, if you just can't sit and meditate to, you know, I, I recommend meditation, but if people can't sit and meditate, walking meditation is, is fabulous. Oh, that's great, Connie. We don't hear that too often. No, thanks for that. Thank you so much. Um, what wisdom would you like to share with the listeners, uh, Connie? Mm. Well, that you have everything that you need within you mm -hmm. to be able to heal, to be able to transform. You have all the wisdom that you need within you. You simply need to, to discover it, to have mm -hmm. some way of um, removing the lid over it so that you can see and perceive that. Mm -hmm. And I find that coming into the present moment and really coming into our bodies because we spend a lot of time in our head mm -hmm. or like not in our body, in our screen in front of us, right? Mm -hmm. in, in the present moment, in our bodies with self-compassion, those three things to me are the foundation of really transforming my life because it's not just about calming anxiety or any other emotion it's really about living fully this this precious life that we're given mm -hmm. and we live it in the present moment there's no other moment that we're living in mm -hmm. so to bring that alive mm -hmm. and to have more ease and more joy in this moment right now those three things, presence, embodiment, mm -hmm. and self-compassion can really um, shift our experience of life and open up amazing new doors to joy and fulfillment. You know, thank you. P-E-S, presence, right? Presence, embodiment, okay. and self-compassion. Yeah. I like that. P-E-S, there you go. Well, thank you, Miss Connie Habash. Thank you so much. We, uh, we certainly have learned a lot about anxiety which is such a powerful emotion. It's um, so, so powerful. But you gave us wonderful insight into how to work with it. And I think that's the key, is how to work with it, not let it sit, because sometimes anxiety uh, listeners can sit too long and, and does a number on us. And we don't know what to do because it can overtake us, you know? I agree, Carol. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so don't, don't delay. <laughs> don't delay your work on anxiety. Really um, start to, to bring it in and, mm -hmm. and hold it with care and compassion and gentleness mm -hmm. and learn from it. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Those are beautiful closing words. We thank you. We thank you so much. Thank um, you, Carol. And you've been listening to the, uh, to the Mat of the Heart. I've been your host, Carol Olivia. And we always welcome you to... Uh, to check out other shows on www.thematteroftheheart.com. So many interesting shows, and certainly this one will be on the website as well. And you can always email me at carololivia7 at gmail.com. And as always, thank you so very much for taking your time out to listen to the Matter of the Heart podcast. Thank you. Mm -hmm.